0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here. You're looking good today. You're welcome. (laughs) He is risen. I love it. I love it. And, and uh, you know, you just know, look around, you made it in here, even with the traffic coming in, even with parking, you still made it. And those of you in overflow, uh, man, I'm uh, so glad you stayed with us and, and glad you're, you're in there. I mean, everybody watches the screen. I mean, we got people in the front row watching the screens, so it doesn't matter. Um, nobody cares about me. It's all good. <clears throat> so glad that you're here. Welcome to HOPE. But, but more than hope, fellowship, welcome to the risen hope. Because he's the reason why anything that we do or you do, or he's the reason we have breath. And so his resurrection today is what we celebrate. And I'm so glad that you came to celebrate with us. I'm gonna pick up the story of the message today in a, in a little bit different place. We're gonna go back to the cross. And I want to pick it up in Luke chapter 23 and read this particular part of the scene at the cross. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Sign was fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. This is a scene of many scenes, many Characters that are around the cross. You've got religious leaders scoffing. You've got soldiers scoffing. You've got followers of Jesus, including his mother, kneeling, watching her son die. And then you've got these two criminals. They're Jewish, and both of them know the law. In fact, the way that the second for criminal on the cross spoke remember me when you come into your kingdom it it kind of proves to me that he had heard Jesus speak he was familiar with Jesus' language because Jesus I don't know how many times he said I've come to establish the kingdom the kingdom of God can be likened unto this and then he would give a story or a parable So it seems to me that the thief on the cross, one of them, probably both of them, had heard Jesus speak, but found themselves sentenced to die and then hanging with Jesus. Two thieves, two criminals. Which one are you? My guess is across all of our campuses and all of you watching online, somebody, maybe somebody bribed you to come today. All right, your family in town and they said, hey, if you're gonna eat, we're gonna come to church. And so anyway, we can get you here and we'll just, we'll do anything. But maybe you're here today and this would not be your choice unless you had some kind of relationship, mother, grandmother asking you to come. And I wouldn't be so rude or assume that you would be a scoffer like this criminal on the one side of Jesus making fun of him, saying, save yourself and save us while you're at it. But maybe spiritually speaking, that's where you're at. The songs that we sang today did not move you. The... the the, the whole thing, right, is just like, man, hurry up. We're gonna go eat. Maybe that's you. And let me just say, I'm so glad that you're here for whatever reason. Somebody bribed you. Somebody begged you to come. So glad that you came. But but I'm also aware that some of us today are not followers of Jesus you may be like that one thief with no interest at all now the other thief incidentally note that he had nothing to offer Jesus he knew the law he knew the way to be made right with God was keeping the law in other words you do the right things and then you, you try your best he had failed and he found himself sentenced to die. But he had a totally different attitude. He just turned to Jesus. Listen, no repentance, no baptism, no formula. And I know this rocks some of our theological worlds. If you want to send me an email, they all go to God. So just, uh, just address it to him. And, and he'll get it, I'm sure. But I, I, I'm just telling you that Jesus himself said, you will be with me in paradise. There were no spiritual calisthenics that he had to go through, just belief. And there was something, there was something in this guy hanging there next to Jesus was like, wow, I need help. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here today and and you're not a scoffer. You're not uninterested. You just feel unworthy. You just feel like, I'm surprised the roof didn't cave in when I walked in the door. Can I just tell you, it does not matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus, when you ask, is always ready to forgive always welcoming you. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Okay, there's the thieves. One other that I'd like to address, and that is a Roman officer. Mark chapter 15, 33. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then, At three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lemai sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran to find a sponge with wine, sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered, another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. That's a whole nother message right there. Incredibly powerful symbolism that the curtain tore in two from top to bottom. Verse 39. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man Truly was the Son of God. He had been watching this whole thing unfold. Not sure where he was in the ranks. I don't know if he was one of the ones throwing dice to get his clothes. I don't know if he was scoffing. I don't know if he was just an officer looking over what was going on. Crucifixion was not unusual in the first century. However, his observation after it was all said and done, and when Jesus breathed his last and said, it's finished, he looks around as if to probably wonder within himself, he's a Gentile. He was not Jewish. He was not raised with the law. He didn't follow Jesus that we know of at all. But recognized, man, this, this, This was the son of God. I I, I view this guy, we don't know the rest of his story. We don't know if he began following Jesus with the disciples in the early church, had a big thing to do with other Romans, other Gentiles, other people coming to the Lord. We have no idea the rest of his story. However, we do know the rest of the story on the thief on the cross. The criminal, we know where he is. Jesus says, today, you will be with me in paradise. The Roman officer, from a distance, he must have been the son of God. Fast forward to Sunday. John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other, excuse me, the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Listen to this. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. a common thing in these three stories criminal on the cross on one side believed the Roman officer believed a disciple finally after all that Jesus had instructed after all that Jesus had told his disciples hey I'm going to be arrested I'm going to rise from the dead still they still didn't get it they still didn't understand until that moment John this is John actually the writer of the gospel him and Peter had gotten to the tomb and realized that he was not there and it dawned on them oh he is risen and believed I don't know who you are. I don't know your background. But I know that Jesus, no matter who you are and no matter your background, has so much love for you that he would put himself in a position to be falsely accused, beaten within literally an inch of his life and then Nailed to a cross because he loves you and he loves me. He died for our sin. If you don't know the theological ramifications of the cross, the only reason he died is so that he could pay the penalty for sin from the garden, from the Genesis three story. He paid the penalty for sin once and for all for you, our sins, past, present, and future. If you believe, you will be assured that you will be with him in paradise. And that's the good news of the gospel. Where were you guys yesterday? <laughs> Yesterday's Saturday service were quiet. I love it. All you listen, I know, I know that we want everybody to. To, to do certain things after they come to Christ but let me just say that there is nothing that you and I can offer God to be made right with him there is nothing that you have good or bad there's no nothing you've done that is far you know too far for him and there's nothing you've done too good that you don't need him we're all the thief the criminal on the cross. I just wonder which one are you? We're all the Roman officer, but I wonder, have have you written the rest of your story by believing? That's the only thing I don't like about that one story is we just don't know what happened to him. If it was a one-time statement or did he actually follow Jesus? And some of us are like that. We follow from afar and I want you to know today that Jesus invites you to believe and to follow. Whoever you are, I invite you today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would what, join a church, Whosoever would say these magic words, yes, believe. Whosoever would believe would have eternal life. And today you received a communion pack when you came in. It looks like this. If you're unfamiliar with this, it's a complicated little device. On the top of it, you you can get the wafer out if you can get that open. And then the the bottom one is the cup. If you did not receive one, would you just raise your hand across the whole building, all all of our campuses? Would you just raise your hand if you didn't receive one? You don't have to be a member of Hope Fellowship to receive the Lord's Supper with us. But here's what I am gonna ask all of you. This is the response that I'm asking you to take or make that if you're the criminal on the cross who is uninterested or has been, you're only here because somebody made you, you're only here because somebody really, really begged you to come. But there's something in your heart, there's something knocking on that door saying, there's something to this. There's a reason why you were invited to this church, to this service. Maybe you're, the criminal on the other side, unworthy, nothing to offer, which is all of us really. But yet, you would ask, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Maybe you're like the Roman officer and you've followed from a distance and your story is yet to be written. You can write the rest of your story today. You can be assured today that you will be with him in paradise, that you will have eternal life. All you gotta do is believe. So, as we eat the bread, this bread represents the body of our Lord and Savior. He gave his body on the cross. This cup represents his blood. He shed his blood for our sin. And when we eat the bread in the cup, its a it really is a sign of belief. We believe in what you've come to do, we believe that you forgive us of our sins. So if you're here today, and you've never believed, you've never confessed that, when you eat the bread and drink the cup, that's your response to the Lord saying, remember me when you come to your kingdom. Remember me for eternal life. That's it, you're in. You don't have to join the club, No no signature required. You're in. So let's eat the bread across all of our campuses and online together, saying we believe. Let's drink the cup, saying we believe. Thank you, Lord. You have risen, you have risen indeed. And you did not die for nothing. It was not a fantasy or a fairy tale or some great story that really was just made up. You died for our sin. You paid the price for all sin. So that we here today, upon our belief, not because we're good, not because we're righteous, not because we join something, not because we agree with everything I say or the church says, but we believe. And today we establish that by taking the bread and the cup. We, like the criminal who asked for mercy, who said, Lord, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Today, we ask you to remember us. And Lord, we're reminded as John and Peter stood there in that tomb and finally dawned on them, this is what he was doing.